Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who were obviously mentally ill. Oh, this is going to go downhill real quick. What is going on and welcome to Take on the World with John, Lexi, and Mike. And just so everybody knows, we're EEOC compliant today with our resident millennial. Uh-huh. What's EEOC? Welcome back. Equal Opportunity Employer. Oh, nice. I like that. Um, also, we have a dog. I think that's pretty equal opportunity. And we're ADA compliant. Yeah. As always. So we have a millennial back in the house to last couple, which some of these are going up out of order because there's some bonus episodes going up at popular demand. Noise, noise. Uh, in a couple <clears throat> hours from now, uh, Lexi's first back. episode will be posting mm. oh, on the really internet. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and then there'll, Wednesday, there's going to be a special bonus episode. Special. But by the time you hear this, is all be in the past. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> my podcast support animal. Yes. <clears throat> uh, well enjoyed. What <laughs> <laughs> the podcast support animal? Yeah. I'm telling you, he needs a little bed on the table. He's probably laying it sometimes. <clears throat> We're all enjoying the local brewery's newest uh, fair. Which is a mango beer. Raging Eagle. You can't say it. I can't? No, you can't say Raging Eagle or Yingling. can't say it. Why? Copyright? Yeah, whatever. Sue me. Yingling. <laughs> We're kind of, I mean, like, this is really just free advertisement for them. Um, yeah, why wouldn't you want them to say it? Well, right. until they say we don't want to be associated with those dirtbags. Yeah, They're not going to want to be associated with us <laughs> when they find out what I think of their beer. <laughs> I like it. It's good. I like it. I Different. liked it better over the summer on tap. I think when it was on tap, when I got the growler full, it was the mango was a little more subtle. Yeah. Uh, now the mango is like there. It's out there. I love it. It's in there. I love mango. It's out there. It's in there. It's in here. Because I, I bought a case and I'm half through. Uh, I mean, 24 ounces. It's not bad. And it's, it made the shelf of fame. It definitely it grows on you. smaller by the day. Oh, you know what? We got the wrong beer for this episode. What should we have had? Oh, we should have got the Icelandic beer. I have the two Icelandic beers in there. Son of a bitch. Well, mid-episode, we'll send Johnny on a beer run. And uh, yeah. we'll... Uh, I'll finish this 24 ounce and then... We'll have our Icelandic beer. Yeah. Because today, our topic is... Yeah, where are we going? Drum roll, Lexi. I wanted to talk about the Reykjavik convection. Confession, confessions. not convictions, confessions. There um, were convictions, too. There were convictions. And then convictions were overturned. Yeah. It's it's a really great story. There's a lot of adventure going on. Um, I'm excited. It's something that <clears> I'm interested in. It's something that comes up in my, my true crime videos a lot. And what year was this? Uh, 1974. When Lexi popped this off on me, I'm like, the, the, what? They're like, what is this? What the fuck is that? And then yeah, I started I looking it. into it, and I, I, I really, I got sucked in. Like, I go down a rabbit hole a lot when I research, as is evident with multiple pages of research. <clears throat> but um, 
this one this one really pulled me in pretty deep and it it's interesting there's a lot of things going on here and uh i'm gonna let lexi start off so so tell us what are the Reykjavik confectionery. Yeah. Confection <laughs> I, I want some sugar candy. <clears throat> Go to Iceland, get some candy. So, this is um, a case that was full of mishaps. Um, pretty much everyone in the country of Iceland knows about what happened. Iceland's a pretty small country, as you might know. The United States is pretty large compared to most countries. Well, let me, let me interrupt them with some fun facts. Okay. So, um, there, at the time of this, in 1970, the population of the country was 205,000. There was 103,000 square kilometers or 64,000 miles. So if you compare that 64,000 miles, Pennsylvania, the beautiful state that we live in with a mm. screwed up governor. Um, um, Just like that. Uh, is 45,000 square miles. So it's almost as big as Iceland. Mm -hmm. uh, Florida and Wisconsin are like a thousand square miles larger than Iceland itself. Well, everybody lives on the outside. Because isn't the interior all frozen? Well, it's frozen <clears throat> and it's, it's volcano. Yeah. yeah, it's like volcano. But it's there, a beautiful country. Yeah, Iceland is really, really cool. And, and right outside of Reykjavik, there are a lot of, um, I don't know if they talked about it in this. I don't know if they ever came <clears> up. <throat> But there are a lot of, like, hot springs and stuff. Hot springs and lava fields. And lava fields. So, like, people will just go to these hot springs they're in. Like, like they're surrounded by ice, surrounded by snow. But they're in, like, this hot water, like, in a, essentially like a hot tub. That's what, that's what their main tourist industry is, yeah. is, people coming to there. And there's also something that's very different about Iceland that's different than any other place in the world. They have two tectonic plates that come together there. You have the Euro-Asian tectonic plate. And the North American tectonic plate, they come together there. And there's actually a place not far from uh, Reykjavik called Silfa. And Silfa, you can go with a dry a dry suit. And scuba dive. <laughs> I told you I was going to talk about that. <laughs> you go scuba diving. And you can actually go down and put your hands on, on two different continents at the same time. Yeah. Which I think is the coolest thing in the world. Hmm. And the water there, they say, is the clearest water in the world. Yeah. Like when, when, you, when you go down and scuba dive, the only reason you know that they're filming underwater is you see the bubbles coming up. That's the only reason you know. It looks like you're just floating in space. Hmm. It, it's so cool. Pretty neat. It's Pretty not neat. a very long area, but it, it's actually a really cool scuba dive and one day that is on my bucket list to do. Yeah, I think that would be pretty neat to go to Iceland. Um, I've watched like a lot of videos about Iceland and stuff. Obviously, like I, I watch a bunch of stuff about true crime and everything, but after I uh, I read up about this stuff, I started watching videos about it. I, I looked at Iceland. I thought, you know, I really like it's pretty cool. I like watched some vlogs from this girl that moved in with her her husband that lives in Iceland or something. I don't know. It's pretty cool. There's a lot I of actually, know. I was just invited to go to Iceland. By who? Aunt Karen. Ooh. Uh, her friend Mike. Um, his family's from there, and I think his daughter lives there now. Mm. But uh, basically, she said, "All we got to do is fly over. We got a place to stay." Nice. That'd be cool. What? Shoot up. To be gone in a heartbeat. So anyway, continue. Small country. Very small country. Lots of people know about this. Um, so, in 1974, two men went missing. Um, they 
had no contact with them, had no idea where they went for 10 months. Uh, they had 10 months apart from their, um, from their, I guess, not abductions, supposed abductions. Disappearances. Disappearances. <clears throat> um, so, who the first one? Oh, yeah, that was the 70s. Yeah. That, that definitely was the 70s. Is that a girl or a guy? That's a guy. That's a guy. Okay. Yeah. Very Icelandic features, with the exception of dark hair. What what language is Icelandic? Not English. I'm sure there's a little. They 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 mostly speak English. I think it's taught as as second language as part of their their schooling. But Icelandic is the language, and they say it's like the hardest language to master, and the absolute hardest to spell. Like the names of things are like this long. Yeah, and they like. Like if you, if you look at how Reykjavik is is written, you can kind of guess what it means. But some of the names in this, you look at them and you're like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> I had a hard time with it. So that is uh, Gudmundur Anderson. He was 18 years old when he went missing while walking home from a dance hall in uh, a place. Yeah, a place that's not far. It was uh, six miles. Yes, from <clears throat> it was not very far. It's a uh, Hafnarfjörður. Yeah. Hafnarfjörður. Yeah, Hafnarfjörður. Well, you said it right. Yeah. Uh, And that's only a few miles outside of Reykjavik. Um, Precisely 10 kilometers, which is 2.6 miles. Um, The last sighting of him was during the walk home, and he uh, nearly fell in front of a couple cars between 2 and 3. And after that, he was never seen again. But just before that, just before he, he almost fell in front of the cars. Did he get into like an argument with somebody or he was He was seen walking with someone with a yellow yeah. sweatshirt on. And he almost fell in front of the car. Yeah. And then also oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, they're drunk. They're drunk. They're, yeah, they're drunk at six miles. Yeah. the snow. Too yeah. much yeah. We could barely walk for ice cream. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. True. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're walking six miles. And there's two guys <laughs> walking. One guy almost falls out in the road, so that's how the car noticed them. Right. So then that guy's gone. Nobody knows who he was, what he was doing, anything. He was never identified. And then later, Goodmunder, 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 almost fell in front of on, t- on the hood of a car. Must be a thing in Iceland. It sounds like a good weekend. I know. I, I think that he was just slipping on the side of the road and being drunk. <laughs> right, he's drunk. It's, it's icy. not like he sat on somebody's motorcycle on the way home. Yeah, right. Um, and then after <laughs> that, there was no trace of him ever found. And um, he was last seen by a motorist after he nearly fell in front of a vehicle and has not been seen. A storm swept through that area that night, making the search very hard. Um, the search was performed by volunteers because the country, uh, the country has a limited police force. So let me talk about the police force real quick. I'm going to jump in. So, in uh, their police force was started in 1778. And I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, Lord Greglin. Whatever. I, I was almost Irish. But uh, the literal translation is the law order. Uh, and they now they have 700, well, 2018, they have 730 active and reserve mm-hmm. police officers. So, in a country... That's that size. Now their population now is like three hundred fifty-six thousand. 
So that's one officer for every 489 residents. And one officer for every 100 square miles. So it doesn't sound like a lot. It's yeah. not. Because if you go to NYPD, there's 38,421 sworn police officers in just the NYPD. Yeah, that's And that's 302 square miles. So that's uh, one officer for every 217 residents. Or one officer, or 217 officers per square mile. That's wrong. That math is wrong. <laughs> Whoever did that. Yeah, you confused me. Wait a minute. Hold on. Whoever did that <clears throat> is wrong. That person's wrong. It's, did you go to Wilson? No. <laughs> it's 217 officers per square mile. That's right. The other part's wrong. There is a lot of officers per resident. Right. So. Um, what they did back then, and, and you'd have, because Reykjavik was a big area, so they had most of their police force was in that area, but it was still spread very thin. So when someone would go missing, which happened a lot. Right. I mean, you got to remember, you're in the middle of like pretty much nowhere. All around this city is just miles of snow and ice. And lava fields. And lava Bulls. fields. The lava fields, the, the lava bubble, bubbles up and it makes boulder fields and there's cracks and crevices. So people sometimes people in, in a storm, and it was stormy that yeah. night, wander off. They fall in these cracks and crevices. They're found again. Yeah. Yep. Dude, that would suck. Yeah. Pretty cool, though. Well, I don't think they really remember after the death. Well. It would suck for the family. <clears throat> but it, it, it was not uncommon for people to go missing, which I don't understand why they made such a big deal about. This, These two people. This one and the next one. Well, I do, in retrospect, because I did some research from prior to that, there was actually a murder of a taxi cab driver two years before that. Yes. And they never solved it. Murder? murder. Yeah, like, murder there is, like, it's far and few between. It doesn't happen. Most of the people that die or, like, go missing are because, of dis- like, they just disappear. Or they just want to be missing. Right. So the, they never found the, the person who murdered the taxi driver. And, like, the the police and the families were up in arms and there was a lot of pressure like saying hey you know there's something going on there's two more guys that are dead you gotta do something about it so they, they did a search party for this guy but that was in the investigation there was there was nothing else they didn't they didn't think anything else of it so let's see continue. um so 10 months later um november 17th gearfinier gearfinier anderson <laughs> anderson Anderson, that's his name. Uh, he was 32, and he asked his friend to drive him to meet somebody at a cafe. And during the drive, he stated to his friend that he should have brought a gun with him. Um, his meeting never happened, as the person never showed up, so he <clears> returned <throat> home by walking. When he arrived home, his son answered a phone call from someone he did not know. The call was for his father, who took the phone and was heard saying, I've already came. He paused and then said, okay, I am coming. And left his home, drove to the Harbor Cafe in Keplovic, and vanished into thin air. Very good. That's the exact pronunciation. It is. I know. Yeah. Um, his car keys were still in the ignition. No trace was ever found. Unlike the previous disappearance, there seemed to be a criminal element, and foul play was suspected. Uh, and I, I don't. Was just the, the only reason they felt foul play was suspected here is because I should have brought a gun. Yeah, to he the said city. I should have brought a gun. I wonder what the gun laws are in Iceland. I, it's, the police don't carry guns there. No. So it's probably like Great Britain. <clears throat> yeah, probably. <clears throat> um, a witness 
said they saw someone on the payphone outside of the cafe, and a clay bust was made from the description. He slipped the phone, guys. Um, the name, <laughs> and they named the statue Clayfinner. Yeah, so they, they, instead of just drawing. Give me the clay sculpture of this guy. Instead of just having uh, okay. an artist draw a picture of the witness. It's going to take another three months. I'm sorry. So this guy <laughs> makes a clay thing, and it, and, and I, I couldn't find a good picture of this clay bust, but it's out there. <clears> like, <throat> the only picture I could find is, like, this big. <laughs> it looks like Gumby. Yes. <laughs> Dude, but, what the fuck? This took you four months to make? A bust his shoulders up. So it was just a head. <laughs> I know. And I also think... Uh, I don't think that these people were related at all. They just have the same last no, name. No, they, they, neither one of these guys were related. They, uh, okay. It's a common last name. John told me this, but there was a little difference to what you told me about yeah, the name. Yeah, I'm sure I didn't get it 100% right. But. No, so go ahead and, and tell me, and I'll, then I'll correct you. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Uh, I was under the assumption, well, I heard a while ago, because I know a couple of people that went to Iceland, that in order to get your last name or first name, it has to be approved by the government. Right. And it, it has to do something with the, the I guess, like, I want to say, like, a Puritan law. Like, you can't just name somebody an American name because they, I have to, they don't have that many people in Iceland. So, I guess after a while. Right, they're just could, trying to, like, keep their culture. Right, right, exactly. So, you could phase it out, I guess, rather quickly. So, have a that's all right name. with the exception of if, you, if you're using a name that's already been used, you can use it. You don't need anybody's permission. If you're using a name that you've never that has never been used in the country, like if someone if there's never been someone named John, they you can't just name someone John. You have to get approval from from a special. I have it in here someplace a special organization in the government to um, uh, use the name John. And if it doesn't meet the criteria, like you were saying, that they were going to say no. You have to kind of make it sound more Icelandic. Like scratch your ass. <laughs> Johanahan <laughs> Johan um, Jovanovich but there's also something with um, first names like uh, Gunter like I, I don't know it's, it's different than here like here your last name is passed on to your spawn your spawn there I don't know that it is and I I, I I didn't research that far into it because the focus was the, the disappearances <clears throat> and the uh, everything that took place after it. So I, I did some odd facts. You know what? That might be down to my odd facts. Let's, Let's give here. it a look. Here we go. <clears throat> Side note. All new first names never used before in Iceland must be approved by the Icelandic Naming Committee. That's it. Mosquitoes. There's no mosquitoes in Iceland. Oh, let's go. I'm down with really? that. There's, there's a spider. It's because, uh, oh, that's a nasty one. Eh, let him go. He did Ooh, I don't know about that. Look at that one. He's okay. He's got some, some markings on his butt. Yeah, he's good. He could be a black widow. He, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, John, so you know that Iceland banned prostitution in 2009, I don't want to go and they banned strip clubs in 2010. So, I'm out. Jeez. Well, they also don't have the capital punishment I see here since 1930. Correct. That is correct. What the hell is there to do in Iceland? 
Screw go dive, to thirty so to forty active volcanoes. Oh yeah, the, the volcanoes. It's crazy there. Like they, there's some that erupt four, five, six times a year. Yeah, I, I read somewhere uh, that they produce like some of the world's best bananas. Really? Yeah. There's a factory there, and <clears throat> you did, it's not uh, going to get you. You're fine. He's he's okay. I don't I don't kill spiders. I'm not killing them. I'm just looking at them. They're over there. I don't care about them. I'm part you. of the podcast now. Listen, buddy, labor alone. Don't you do it. Don't you. Don't, don't, don't you go after her. Think about it now. He's gonna scare Ali. He's gonna scare him. He's as big as Ali. But uh, how was I talking about bananas? The podcast support dogs. Yeah, no, the bananas in Iceland. Yeah, how do they grow bananas in Iceland, dude? Well, I think it's the soil, like the volcanic soil. Hold it. You know what the temperature's got to be to grow Right, but they, they, like, greenhouse the, like, the gases, and that's how they get it, so it's, like, really warm. Oh, that was another fun fact. <clears throat> Most of their, um... For the, the, I guess, the steam from the... The geysers. The, yeah, the geysers. Yeah, the hot springs. Most of their, uh, their hot <laughs> springs... <laughs> I got the hot springs! <laughs> That's the code word now since they abolished. They they made them illegal. Yes. Um. What was I gonna say? Buddy. The uh. Why is that dog on my table? He needs a bed. I'm not putting a bed on the table for the dog. I can't support dog. He just had some water. He's just stretching. Um. What was I gonna say? Oh, their uh, energy. Most of their energy is uh geothermal. Yeah, yeah they're the most like, eco-friendly country yes. on the planet. Yeah. Oh, of course, there's nobody there, so. Right, like, how are they going to be the not most eco-friendly? Like, there's so many less people to get on board. And, like, if you, if, when you're like, we have to go completely eco-friendly in the United States, like, there's too many people. There's too crap people. right on the middle of the table. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would be the first shit thrown on his door. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no, it's been cleaned. It's been cleaned. I cleaned it. Okay. Well, this would be the outside, so. Yeah, right. I'm Which sure it's shipped over the outside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anywho. So, um, again, in the 70s, disappearances were not uncommon in Iceland due to the open and barren landscape um, and extreme weather conditions um, made it very easy to go missing without a trace. Um, the Icelandic police were under intense public, media, and justice pressure to solve these cases um, due to a case that was unsolved um, by police mistakes in 1968 of a taxi driver who was shot and killed. Um, this incident was fresh in everyone's mind. Zodiac. Well, I think the Zodiac. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, let's just pause this for a second. Again, continue. But, yeah, because we, we look. You're going to find out we sidebar a lot. So, in some previous podcasts, we had mentioned. Potatoes, Richard Nixon. At Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. And now that podcast is being released today, two hours from now. The government has already broken the conspiracy, and potatoes are back at Taco Bell so as we speak. Yeah. In March, they're going to be back. I think it is. Oh. I think it's the date of March. But they're going to be back. And it's all because I had to talk about it. That's right. And somebody's listening to our podcast before we even broadcast it. Yeah. They're listening and to it as we record. That's not it. What was the other one? It was something with uh, Richard Ramirez. Yeah, hmm. it was a nice talker you just posted about the other day. Hmm. Well, Am I supposed to know this? Yes, I texted you. 
No. Okay. Yes. Hang on. I'm Nine. Gonna, I'm going to break my own rule. <laughs> Nine. Richard Ramirez. I don't know. He's dead. No, something happened. Like, they did something. I don't know if it was him. Pretty sure it was. No, it was something. It was something that it was something that we had just talked about. Yes. I don't know, but all I know is look at Waffle House. <laughs> yeah. I'll find it. Keep going, I'll find it. Okay. I just bust in when I get it. Yeah, that's that's fine. You just interrupt. Um, though these two cases were unrelated, um, the disappearances. Um, what made them both odd was the fact that there was no forensic evidence found by police. The authorities needed to rely on confessions close to the case. Um, since they were so close together, only 10 months apart, there's a lot of public pressure to come up with a theory and hold someone um, accountable for them to make the public feel at ease. So, what stood out about the disappearances of these two unrelated men was the lack of forensic evidence acquired by the police running their cases. Um, and the authorities were resilient sorry, reliance, instead on um, the confessions of a series of suspects for closing the case. The methods of the police were questionable. It seemed they were more concerned with arresting a group of minor criminals on the fringes of society than they were with finding concrete evidence for the two cases, fueling their hunch through a series of forced confessions extracted from suspects, suspects after months of torturous solid. Find it? I think I might, might post it on Facebook. It wasn't. Are you sure it wasn't about the Zodiac? It might have been. I don't remember. It was something that we just did. Um, they had heard a rumor about a petty criminal who knew something about the disappearances, or so they heard. So this guy, his name is Sivar Sisiski. <laughs> Here it is. Sidebar Scissorski. Uh, uh, people just found out Richard Ramirez is real and not just American Hardcore. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. We did that. Yeah. Well, you so guys, I wasn't there. Now people know. I never knew he was an American Hardcore. Neither did I. And he looks way too clean to be Richard Ramirez. Yeah, he does. He's a dirty, dirty man. <clears throat> um, so, Sidebar was a small-time crook who had been caught importing cannabis from Denmark. <gasps> You bad boy, Insane. You. Weed is illegal in both Iceland and Denmark. And also, I, side I don't note, think it was illegal in Denmark then. Well, it is now. I think it was. A, I don't think it was illegal then. Oh, well, either way. Maybe it was. If you want to go ahead and pick up some of this great mango beer, take a nice sniff. Hmm. It smells just like some weed. No, it does Absolutely not. does. You oh smelled some very bad weed. I don't understand how you know what weed smells like. Neither do I. It just <clears throat> I smelled it and that's the first thing that came to my mind. It <laughs> smells like weed. Incredible. I would not know what weed smells like. <laughs> Never. Uh so Sarva was a small time crook caught importing cannabis from Denmark. Small time crook. Um in December of nineteen seventy five, nearly two years after the first disappearance. Sivar's luck ran out. But here's what I don't understand. So, I know you haven't gotten here yet. So I'm going to let you get there, then I'm going to tell you what I don't understand. 
I love doing that. <laughs> he gets mad at me. He throws his headphones. <clears throat> hey, listen, I haven't done that for a while. It's been a bit, yeah. You haven't done it. You haven't. Before. You haven't done it in in the new man cave. Okay. Pod cave. Pod uh, dog. Police investigating an unrelated crime of embezzling money from. Ertlet, but but we didn't say anything about her yet. <clears throat> Ursula. Well, those notes were right. hodgepodge. Oh, okay. So there's a another girl uh, named Ertla. Uh, Ertler. Yes, and they she was accused of embezzling money from her employer. This sounds like a witch hunt. It is. It is exactly and, a witch and, hunt. And that's that's what I was going to say. They they heard that Sivar knew something about this crime. Right. Yet they didn't go after him. They tried to corner her yes. on some embezzlement charges. Yeah, that's that's nice. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to insulate this ceiling. <laughs> um, so in December of 1975, they arrested Sivar and his girlfriend, Erla, um, taking them both from their 11-week-old daughter. Both were placed into solitary confinement. When Erla was questioned the next day, they both denied the embezzlement, and they were not actively being questioned. And when they were not actively being questioned, they were put back into solitary confinement for six days. Erla wanted to get home to her baby, and on that sixth day, she admitted her role in the embezzlement and signed a statement thinking she would be able to go back home when she was about to leave. Um, they produced a picture of Gudmundar Anderson. Um, she was asked if she knew about this young man. She stated that she recognized him, had maybe driven in a car with him once, and had seen him at a school disco in the 70s, and that she thought he had a crush on her. Apparently at this dance, he came up to her and asked her to dance or, or whatever, yeah. and uh, what the... And... <laughs> uh, the, he, he, she felt he had a crush on her. Um, it was. N it has never been clear why, so long after Goodmundair's appearance, uh, disappearance, that the police began asking Erla about it. Well, yeah, I know, because they were after Sivar. Well, right, but this but, is two years later. But they heard that they don't. I don't know. It was seventy-five when I heard that Sivar might have something to do with this. Right, and I think this also kind of like almost turned the blame onto Sivar because then it's like, oh, we were jealous. So, but think about this. This this young lady. Just had a baby. 11 weeks ago. And they flew back from Denmark. With weed. With weed. And the baby. To Iceland for her to have her baby. No, she had her oh, baby yeah, in right. Iceland. Yes. So she probably had to get the government's permission for the name. Right. Um, Not meant. I, actually, I have addendums that I, I'm going to pull up and you can read them that says where all these people are now. So she just wants to get back to her kid. She's like, yeah, 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 I did it, blah, 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 let me go. But yeah, yeah, I know this guy. Yeah. If, if I can get out the door, I know this guy. Because she's been in solitary confinement. Six days, a whole week. It gets worse. I know it does. When they said that they they used solitary confinement for some months, that was an understatement. Yeah. So that thing I've messed up that is, you can just, you get arrested, boom, right into solitary confinement. Yeah, the, the police, but years and years later, the Supreme Court, of whatever their highest court in their land is, 
really admonish the police and yeah. the tactics used in this case as barbaric. Because they kind of are. Yeah. Um. Ice cold. But she remembered the night he had gone missing. So they were kind of glad that they, they brought this up to her. But I, what would, like, I, I'm in the police station. I just got charged with embezzlement. Questions about embezzlement. I, I admitted to that. And they're going to let me go home. I'm going to say, yeah, I remember that guy. I don't remember shit. Yeah, I don't know why you would. I don't know. I mean, she was in solitary confinement. And made him... Well, solitary confinement has, and I have some of the effects of solitary confinement down mm-hmm. lower. That's on the last page here. Um, yep. But it, it can really wreak havoc on your psyche. Yeah, it, it, it F'd you up. One of you ever followed that? Uh, and solitary confinement wasn't <clears throat> the only thing they used either. No, we'll get there. It's like the Memphis Three, remember that? No. Arkansas, those three kids were accused of killing that little kid. Yes. And in the woods. <clears throat> yeah, and basically they coerced the confessions out of all of them, like the, at least another one because they kept him up for like thirty some hours straight, and he wasn't really all there. I mean, these are kids. Yeah, and. Basically, they just like would ask him a basically, uh, you know, lure him into like admitting to it. You know, you were there. You know, you did it. Yeah, entrapment. But like with, <clears throat> with this case, we'll get to it. But so, they made some of these people reenact the murder that they never did at the seat the crime where they felt was the seat the crime crime scene. So then they put him back into solitary confinement. And you got a question. Well, hey, I, you know, well, I just went through it. I, I, I kind of remember that. You know, it, 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 it yeah. the way they handled this was just ridiculous. I'd imagine you'd say anything, just get the hell out of there. Exactly. I would think so. Well, we talked about this during this, our torture podcast. Yeah. That mm. some of us, including myself, I don't think I do very well. Like, I don't like being around people, but I don't like being all alone. Like, I, I hate the. I like being around people that. I like, yeah, which is very few, but okay, yeah. But I, I the solitary confinement thing, I I think would really wreak havoc on my my psyche. Yeah, I, I think I I, I go batshit crazy. Think, yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> you're making friends with your piece of bread. Like I, I'd rather you torture me. Like give me pain. That at least I could put a, a you could put a finger on where it's coming from. The solitary confinement, you don't know. What's true? What's not true? Yeah. Like if you're torturing me, I know where the pain's coming from. You, you the motherfucker, giving it to me. Yeah. But in in solitary confinement, you just uh, no, no, thank you. Um. So she also described um what she had believed was a nightmare, in which she heard Sivar and his friends whispering outside of her window. Um. The investigators latched onto this and ran with it. She was put back into solitary confinement. Maybe, You're gonna go home. Psych. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they thought it hadn't been a dream. Perhaps she well, had witnessed something traumatic. Okay. The dream part was not in there. I, I, I didn't get that in there. She told the police that she had this dream that she heard Sivar and his friends outside her window mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, and she was so scared by this dream, this dream that now one source says she shit the bed. Another source says she pissed the bed. Either way, she soiled her bed. Yeah. But then they come back and they say that when she came back to 
when she woke up, left, and came back, that the sheets were missing from her bed. Well, yeah, if you shit the bed, the sheets are going to be gone. Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're Richard Ramirez, you're like living in filth. <laughs> right. So, like, it, it's just, they, they made a big deal about the sheets being gone. But it's like, no shit. Yeah. No shit anymore, because it's gone. I'll clean right. it up. Exactly. I'll clean that shit up. Um, she remembers the head of the investigation becoming very intense, getting right up into her face and saying, we're going to help you recall everything. You will not be able to leave here until you tell us what happened. Goodman Dare Inc. Now this will be a reoccurring mm-hmm. theme, them telling them, we'll help you remember. Yeah. You'll feel better if you remember. We'll help you remember. And if someone's pounding that into your head day after day, and they were questioning them eight, ten hours a day. Yeah. After being in solitary confinement for Damn. days and days and days, weeks and months. Jesus Christ, so surprised that they didn't commit or uh, confess they were the second government on the grass. You know, at this point. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> I shot Kennedy. They're the Zodiac. Yeah. yeah. Um, she, uh, blah, blah, blah. It was warned that for serious crimes, there was no limit to the time she could be held in solitary confinement. And at the time, it, the, their laws then, that's how it was. Yeah. If you if you like, it's not here where you're innocent until proven guilty. You're you're um, you have a right for bail, mm-hmm. or at least a bail hearing. There, it, it was you're put in jail until this investigation's done. Yeah, that's it. Um, not only jail, solitary, solitary confinement. confinement. I wonder what did they say? What their solitary confinement was like? Uh, they said the cell was no bigger than a king size mattress. Yeah. Did it have a toilet in it or anything? I would. Just a hole in the ground. You know? Uh, who knows? I it could be a bucket in the corner back yeah. there. Yeah. Because some prisons here at that point were a bucket in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Tur- Turkish prison, they have the hole. Well, you were talking about your uh, your fun-filled adventure to San Francisco Treats, Lance. Yeah. And you went to Alcatraz, and you were talking about the uh, the guy who took the button off his... Uh-huh. He was in complete darkness. <clears throat> yep. Do you think there was a shitter in that? that I, think there, I think there was a shitter in there. What if he lost that button in the shitter? I think... Oh, God, I don't remember. Shitter full. I think there was a shitter in there. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I'm not putting my hand in that. Oh, God. Wilson! <laughs> um, over the coming days, she was interviewed for hours on end with no lawyer present. She just wanted to get back to her baby. And after a day of 10-hour interrogation... They, in, they produced a statement for her to sign saying she had seen Sivar and three of his friends with a body wrapped in a bed sheet, the body of Gudmundair Inger. She thought that it would be dismissed as nonsense, so she signed the statement in an effort to get back to her young baby. So, they make up a story and say, here, here's what happened. Just sign it. <clears throat> it gets worse. They then went to work on Sivar. And when presented with the signed statement, Saivar suddenly admitted he might, after all, know something about the death of Goodmundair. This after being held in solitary confinement. It doesn't say how long at this point they've been in solitary confinement. I mean, they've been there for a couple but weeks. But I think it, it's... It's gotta be. I think it's uh, several months. Yeah. Because when, when she finally got back to her baby, the baby was no longer an infant. It was a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, they, there were some it's people in this case that were held for, like, what, like, three years the, the, in solitary one, confinement. The, like, consecutively, that's how long this one person stayed in solitary uh, it, it says down lower how long they were in solitary confinement. 
But uh, I will tell you, as part of a spoiler, one of the people was, it's the longest anybody's been held in solitary confinement in the world, including or except for uh, Gitmo, Guantanamo Bay. Um, so the only way we could top Iceland in poor treatment of people is United States. <laughs> hey, number <laughs> one. Number one. Um, he started talking, admitting his part, and going on to implicate his closest friend, Christian Vidar Vidarsson, a big man with a reputation as a tough guy, although his friends would say that he's a gentle giant. <laughs> Trigvi. Runar Lieferson, known to be someone who liked to fight when drinking. Both men had police records and spent time in jail. They were told if they refused to cooperate, their uh, solitary confinement would be extended from weeks to months, and that it could go on for years. Hmm. So, so Lieferson, 655 days in solitary confinement. Yeah. 1,522 days in custody. And that's the longest solitary confinement outside of Gitmo. Two years. Yeah. 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 It's ridiculous. Literally. Two years. No, a thousand days? Well, that's oh, in, in custody. custody. 655 days in yeah, solitary. That's about two years. That, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Second thought, I don't think I want to go to Iceland. Well, <laughs> Earth, don't commit a crime. Irving was in solitary for con- confinement for 242 days. I can't be right. Who did this math? Again. Well, it says 239 days in custody, solitary confinement for 242 days. I think hers is 142. I can look it up quick. There's there's actually a great website with information about this uh, case, and it was it was a story done by the BBC. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it it's very <clears throat> thorough. Yeah. It, the the wiki has a lot of information, but the the BBC article they 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 run everything down. Um, after several weeks of continuous lengthy interrogations, Christian and Trigvi admitted killing Gudmundair in a fight over payment for a bottle of spirits. The final accomplice, Albert Klan Gossetson, you just make it up words, was a gentleman whose only previous contact with the police had been for cannabis possession. How dare he? Well, he, he probably could have been carrying a, a They probably just sniffed beer. it. Yeah, they just sniffed <laughs> it, and they were like, mm, don't think so. The sidekick of the group, he struggled to cope with the isolation of the interrogation. He admitted to transporting, transporting Gudmundair's body to the lava field where it was hidden deep within one of the gaping cracks. Investigators began to think there was an underground movement, much like the Manson family in the U.S., responsible for more... For more than one murder. It is bizarre. It seemed that the weakest link was Ertlas to get to Cybar. I would think this last guy that you said, the sidekick guy. Yeah. I would think he would be the weak link. He's never really been in trouble. Right. He was never really in trouble. He was like a soft-spoken, quiet, gentle kind of person. He had a hard time in solitary. Like, why wouldn't he be the first to crack? But, I mean, of course, Ertla had a baby. Right. Well, this guy here. Um, they actually took him out all the time and walked him through the lava fields, and they they would say, "Just where you put him, where you put him." 
where he put them. Eight hours a day, they'd walk him yep. up to these lava fields. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Man, but think, think it's a little bit further down that way. Let's keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> you see where the smoke's coming out of the ground? That's where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> um, having implicated her boyfriend and his friends, she was fear- fearful of reprisals. The police had befriended her, even helping to move, uh, helping her to move home. Uh, one day, out of the blue, an officer asked Erla if Saivar might know something about the second disappearance. She responded, maybe. Her answer was... <laughs> that, 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 that did so good for her last yeah, time. This you know this guy shut the picture? fuck up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I do. Yeah, hang on. Uh, okay. Do you Throw know me back in solitary again. I might, might ring a bell. <laughs> do you know anything <laughs> about this other murder? Uh, maybe? <laughs> yes, yes I do, yes. Her answer was enough to have the head of the investigation turn up at her door the next day. That's <sighs> Antler recalls how he sat on her sofa and told her, we have a reason to believe that you have experienced something traumatic concerning Eerfenir's disappearance. Eerfenir. And we are going to help you remember. Oh, boy. And that that's a reoccurring theme. Yep. They, <clears throat> all throughout all these interrogations, that's what they kept on telling us. We will people. help you remember. <coughs> now, let's go back. Not German. <coughs> it might as well be. No. Yeah, here for the tapestries. The tapestries? <laughs> <laughs> of course we have tapestries. Um, you have to remember that not only is there no physical evidence that a murder took place, they have no body. They don't have any body. They have no evidence whatsoever. So this all stemmed from this drunk-ass guy falling down in a snowstorm and disappearing. It could be. They think they killed him over a bottle of spirits. Yeah. Some liquor. And now there's another guy. You know, the second guy. So now they bottle of rock and rye. <laughs> they just weren't. They just it was probably some moonshine. That's some white lightning out there. Yeah. <laughs> um... It had worked for the police the first time. Maybe it would work again. Um, if Erla hoped that helping the police would get her out of trouble a second time, she was wrong. <laughs> in January 1976, the police began questioning Saivar and his friends about Gierfenir's disappearance. Gierfenir. And soon, she became a suspect, too. The accomplices' stories kept changing. At first, Gierfenir had died after falling off a boat, and then it had been from a fight on board a boat. It would take a year and a half to agree on a final version presented to the court. In one, in this one, Gierfenir was killed on dry land among the empty, rusting hulls of fishing boats perched on iron blocks surrounded by the detritus of repairs. Okay, so I don't think they had a body. They have no idea where he died. No. They had a witness that said they saw three people get on a boat yeah. and two people came back. Right. But the... They have a theory that he was killed on land and then taken out. But in some of the photos I saw in, on a website that I was on today, they, it looked like they were showing crime scene photos, and mm-hmm. it looked like they were showing a body. Unless they just had someone lay on the ground and said, oh, this is the body. Right, like, because, you know, that's... They were just reenacting it, okay? <laughs> um, we're going to help you. Also, that. maybe their stories kept changing because they didn't do it. going to help you, Michael. John, can you go get me an Icelandic beer? Which one do you want? Whichever one you grab out. I will try it, but I'm not going to be able to drink another beer. You can try mine. Yeah. Uh, Voltier Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson. The prosecutor who led the initial inquiry into the disappearance says he is certain what went on that night when Gierfenir couldn't deliver the booze he was expecting. He was killed by mistake. 
he met these people and told them stories. He had alcohol he could sell them. Johnny, you better hurry up. If you don't get me that beer quick, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> they got angry when he was bluffing. They didn't plan to kill him, but that's what happened. Icelandic beer. Icelandic beer? I'll let you what take the first sip. Icelandic. Icelandic? Icelandic. Einstock. Well, you can't say it. Sorry. Lost my number in a gold shipping accident. It's called Winter Ale. I like that. Now I'm going to tag, I'm going to tag it in the... <clears throat> the stout? It is a porter? No, it's a Winter Ale. But it's a darker beer. Yeah, it tastes like a stout. It's got a little cloviness to it. Yeah. Um... The investigators said Gierfenir's body had been taken to Reykjavik and hidden in the cellar of Christian's grandmother's house for several days before being taken to the lava field, where it was put in a shallow grave and burned. Can you imagine that? You had lava fields around here, how many people you can see disappear? Uh, dude, this is scooping out there. There's mine shafts oh, everywhere. Oh, there he goes. Oh, he's going home. He's got a weird mark on his butt. He's okay. I want to know what it is. I think his leg is broken. That makes me laugh. No, no, he's fine. It's just a little wolf spider. They jump too. They do jump. Don't tell me that. They don't just try. don't scare him. He's fine. Okay. He said, "Don't tread on me." <laughs> By the summer of 1976, four suspects had been in solitary confinement for half a year inside the cramped cells of Sydney Prison. Sydney. Uh, they kept. Mentioning a foreigner and his involvement, the search brought them to Gudjon. <laughs> These guys have no clue what the fuck they're Scarf doing. Didn't... Now, this is this is the sick guy. Because like wait, like when I was going through this, I said, "Well, the final suspect," and I'm like, "Hold it, that's only five. Where's the sick guy?" But this sick guy was a teacher. Yeah. And apparently, if you're going to commit a murder, you go to a former teacher. They say, "Hey, can you help us out?" <laughs> of course, that's what I would do. Oh gosh. Um. Where was I? Uh, Gudjon. His Good last name. Gudjon Scarf Fedinson. Uh, a 32-year-old former teacher. He was dark-haired, which earned him the nickname Foreigner. Which is funny because didn't, uh... Well, uh, not uh, the first one. Sivar. Gufmundar. He had... He had dark Gufmundar hair. had dark but, hair. Uh, Sivar was actually half Polish and half uh, Icelandic, mm. and like he he stood out because he had dark hair, is what they said, and, and they say that's why they keyed in on him because he was he had dark hair foreigner. And yeah. Again, another foreigner, right? Uh, and bigots. also, <laughs> Goodyear had embraced the seventies, 1970s with an easygoing attitude to sex and drugs. So obviously, he needs to go to jail. Guilty. Uh, so much so that peace and love, peace he, and love. He let. Sivar, a former pupil of his, smuggled drugs into Iceland using his car. And but using his car? Yeah, using his car. He smuggled drugs in Iceland with a car. Drive. <laughs> From where? From Denmark. <laughs> yeah. Across the ocean? <laughs> Maybe they uh, parked his car at the uh, Maybe they just meant the to airport. distribute the drugs once he was in Iceland. Maybe. I scratched my head on that one, too, bro. <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> uh, the people believed Sivar, the police had believed Sivar had called on him again to drive to Keflavik to meet 
and kill your fear. Yeah. I say his name. I know. Uh, the interrogation room above Reykjavik, Reykjavik's old prison is stark white with bars on the windows, a desk, and a few chairs. For four months, it was the only room Ertla saw, apart from her cramped isolation cell. The, investigati- the investigators basically told her their theory, put it on paper, and told her if she signed, she would be allowed to go home. At the time of her arrest, she was suffering from postpartum depression, and her child was now a toddler. She just wanted to get back to her after months in solitary confinement. This timid girl decided saying yes was easier than holding out. So imagine, imagine what your life is like. I'm rather than stay in solitary confinement. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I murdered somebody or helped murder somebody just so I can get home to my kid. Yeah. Imagine like being that desperate. Yeah. You're making him self-conscious. I'm just yeah. making sure I know where he is. That's what you do. Keep your friends close and your enemies close. That's why I'll leave here. Yeah, look at him. He's my dead demon. Quant. Uh, call me demon. Over a two-year period, they were taken out on at least 60 separate occasions to look for the two victims. They would walk them through the lava fields and ask, could the body be here? Over and over. Jesus Christ, we get a bunch of yahoos. Yeah. This is this was like one of the most insane things that I'd ever heard. Um, Gudjon was struggling to remember oh, but there's our friend. Struggling to remember anything about the murders, <clears throat> including where he was two to three years prior. That was the other guy. That's your opinion. Yeah. He looks like a respectable So they're asking him, like, what were you doing two to three years ago on this date? And he's like, I don't fucking know. I don't remember, dude. I was high. <laughs> he's, like, yeah. he's like, this is the 1970s. I was driving drugs. my car from Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how hard it's driving the water? <laughs> In De- on December 8th, 1976, he was the last to, quote unquote, confess. He recalls, I was asked, were you in the yard of Keflavik that particular night? And I said, yes, I was. That's my confession. Uh, With no physical evidence to link anyone to the murders, there was no body. In fact, there was not evidence that a murder had even taken place. On February 2nd, Paul Schutz, the investigator, brought in to handle the case, told a press conference the crimes had been committed by a small group of petty criminals who used every opportunity they could get to get their hands on It is beyond a reasonable doubt as we criminal experts like to put it, that it's safe to assume it's an open and shut case, he this, told reporters. So they brought this guy in from Germany. You can tell because his name is... Carl Schultz. Carl with a K. And his last name has a Z in it. So... Stop looking at him. I'm just saying hi. No, stop looking at him. You're making him nervous. <laughs> so they brought this guy in from Germany to work in this case. And it was like... They needed a, they needed a closer. Right. So he said, yeah, I can close this case. Yep, they're all guilty. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) However, case solved. A detective who had left the case, Gisley Goodjensen. He left the case, he was relatively young. Yeah. But he left the case to go and study forensic psychology. Yeah. And uh, And he came back, and some of the stuff that he's written since have really made these people look like the Keystone Cops. And he also talked to the guy that has, his first name is in this guy's last name. Good young. Yeah. 
Uh, anyways, uh, he was like, essentially, he came in. He's like, this is wrong. This is all wrong. Start from the beginning. Well, he, he says that uh, he, he did research on uh, solitary confinement, uh, isolation syndrome, and, and, and that kind of stuff, and, and how it can, uh, what false confession syndrome and stuff like that. And, and he says, there's no way these people did this. Yeah. yeah. He uh, he performed a lie detector test on Goodman. Um, when he found out, Carl Schutz was furious and wrote to the Minister of Justice, Gisley says, which no shit he was. Uh, he demanded that I was to disclose all the material from that particular assessment, even though it was confidential and I had to disclose it to him. But after this, something strange happened to Goodyon. Just as, after receiving medication, he confessed to the murders. Following the lie detector test, he started to question whether he had actually been involved. Maybe he started thinking he was innocent after all. Several of the suspects now began trying to reenact their confessions, saying they had been... Retract. Oh, retract, sorry. Trying to retract their confessions, saying they had been pressured into signing statements that weren't true. So now, before they actually went to trial, every one of them recanted their... their Every single one of them. Um, shush. I did what? His ears are so small. Um, several of the suspects now began trying to retract their statements. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, investigators dismissed these claims, as did the court, sometimes because they, the attempted retractions had come too late or as in Sybar's case, because the head investigator told the court, I know better. In December 1977, two years after the first arrest, the court delivered its verdict. Sybar was given the harshest sentence, life for the two murders. The five other suspects were given sentences ranging from 12, year, 12 years for Goodyon to three for Erla. Now, Erla was, I think, only convicted of uh, lying to the court. Yeah, I think she. I think all she got time for was embezzlement, for the embezzlement that she did. She, she did get time for lying to the court too. Oh, okay. Later on, when all these convictions were overturned, hers is the only one that wasn't. Which is stupid. And all their convictions were overturned after they served their time. Yeah. Um. Years later, Gisley, um, one of the world's leading experts on false memory syndrome, says Goodyear's diary is one of the clearest examples of it that he has come across. Okay, I didn't put this in there. Uh, Goodyear uh, kept a diary of, like, everything while he was in jail. Yeah. Like, every time he was taken out for interrogation, how long he was in isolation. And, uh, mm -hmm. like, the diary at, at one point started questioning. Like, you, you, you see the the tone had changed. Yeah. He started questioning, did I actually, did I kill this guy? Yeah. Did I, did I really do this? Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, yeah, I did it, whatever. I guess I did, they're saying so. Bring lunch on. Yeah. So Is it these, time to go to the lava field yet? <laughs> it's time to get out of here. So some of the interrogation techniques used, um, obviously isolation and solitary confinement. Eritless spent I, what we think is 142 days, maybe 242. We're not 100% sure. <laughs> Trigby spent <clears throat> the longest in solitary confinement, which is the 655 days. Uh, Sivar had endured the longest stay in custody, a total of 1,033 days, 615 of those in solitary confinement. Christian spent 1,522 days in prison, of which 503 were in isolation. 
Albert spent 87 days in custody, and Gudjon spent 1,202 days in custody, of which 412 were in isolation. So they averaged over a year yeah. in solitary confinement. In solitary confinement, <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. They also um, deprived them of sleep, playing loud music. Like this is Some of these things are advanced interrogation techniques that we use. You know, uh, the sleep deprivation sleep is something yeah. that's used. We don't use drugs. We're not allowed to. Yeah, there were drugs used. They were water tortured, interviewed at length under pressure with little contact allowed with their lawyers. Now, the water torture they're talking about here is not waterboarding. Waterboarding. Is it was freezing water? Or? No, they would dunk their head in water, Tom. We're not going to let you up until you answer the question. That's, that's water torture. Yeah. Waterboarding. Waterboarding. There's, there's actually no chance of you drowning. Right, because isn't it just like a <laughs> I take cloth? A, I take a towel and yeah. put it over your face, and they pour water on the towel. And it makes it very hard to breathe. Oh my gosh, it's scary. I've done it to myself before. It, it's crazy. And, and they have you lean back when you're doing it. This, they're actually taking his head and shoving it underwater okay. and saying, uh, Nope, you're not coming out. If you say you did it, we'll let you come up. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as we know today, 15 days in solitary confinement is enough to inflict lasting harm. And that's from uh, Gigli's study? What's that, guy's name? What's that guy's name? Gizli. Gizli. It's from his study. That, 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 that yeah, I'm surprised these guys weren't like mental cases after they got out. Um, September 27th, 2018, all but Ertler were cleared of charges long after they had served their time. So, but I'm confused because Sivar got life. Yes. Did he die? No, 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 no. In in Iceland, a life sentence is like eighteen years. Excuse me. That's weird. Okay. <clears throat> so he served it like this was seventies. Probably wasn't shit considering his two years in solitaire. It wasn't until nineteen or two uh, thousand eighteen, three years, two and a half years ago, that this got overturned. Yeah. <clears throat> this is like a travesty of justice. Oh, absolutely. That even if these people had done this. This is still just too much. Uh, yeah. I mean. Look, we, we work in the jail system and uh, like none of this shit goes on. Not here. Not, 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 not at our level. I've never seen anything even close to any of this. And I can't imagine someone maintaining their sanity. After mm. two years of solitary confinement. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and list off some of the effects of solitary confinement. Okay. Um, so, according to many scientific experiments and studies, it is evident that solitary confinement has adverse effects on the mental health of inmates. Prisoners deprived of social interactions for most of the day, for possibly months on end, can experience extreme damage to the brain. Prisoners can uh, may develop depression because of the confinement. They may also develop suicidal thoughts, doing to be alone for hours, as well as hallucinations and loss of sense of reality. In addition... Prisoners who spend time in solitary confinement tend to be more bitter and angry, which goes against the rehabilitation goal of the prison system. Hold it. Maybe I was in solitary confinement. You possibly could have been. <laughs> I'm bitter and angry. <laughs> in solitary confinement, prisoners also experience extreme boredom and stress. They can emerge from the experience having prolonged problems with sleeping and concentrating. Prisoners who spend time in solitary confinement tend to have more anger toward the prison and the guards than those who are not subject to this punishment. Let me correct you there. The correct number. Well, you wrote this. Uh, no. 
Solitary confinement does little to rehabilitate behavioral issues and may exacerbate them the opposite of the practice's intent. Now, when you're thinking about solitary confinement, think about that uh, that movie with the... Uh, with the uh, Man in Iron Mask. No. Uh, with the uh, the volleyball. <clears throat> he puts the face on the volleyball. Johnny Monte Cristo. No. Uh, oh, Castaway. Castaway, Castaway yeah. yeah. That, that's essentially what solitary yeah. confinement does. You go insane. You literally... Yeah, but he could interact. Crazy. Like, he could interact. Like, that's I mean, bad. I mean, he got to see the sun. That's bad. He had Wilson. Yeah, his fault. He, he could go around the island and keep himself busy. You're in a little cell. Right. Yeah. yeah. Was it the Count of Monte Cristo where he's like, uh, he's like, I've gone mad. I could count every single block in this cell. He's like, I know how many there are. And then the guy, she's like, yes, but have you started the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the movie. <clears throat> John, you want to run Where these down? that uh, man in the iron mask? Oh, Starbar's kind of cute. <clears throat> you want to run these down? What happened to these guys? Yeah, sure. Uh, Sabar... Scissors to key. Scissors. 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 He uh, spent years trying to overturn his conviction. Then he moved to Copenhagen. Was that Denmark? Did he drive yeah. to Copenhagen? He did. He, he, drove, did he, to there. he drove to Copenhagen <laughs> and ended up on the streets where he died in 2011, age 56. That sucks. Aw, she's cute. Uh, in a 70s kind of way. What's yeah. her name? That's El- Ertla. 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 Go. <laughs> can't pronounce her last name. Um, <clears throat> remained in Iceland with her daughter. She trained as a language teacher and now teaches Icelandic to newly arrived migrants. Cool. Christian Vide- Viderson. Christian. Christian. Looks like Mick Jagger. Uh, <laughs> I don't see it. I mean, yeah. like the mouth, maybe. <clears throat> yeah. Get them big old lips. Married and had two children. He had a string of manual, a string of manual jobs. He now lives alone in Reykjavik and rarely talks about the case. I don't think I would talk about it either. But this guy, he's guilty. <laughs> What's his name? Trigvi Leeson. Trigvi Leeson that's right. became a decorator. Of course. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. He definitely eyes. smoked marijuana. We don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> he had three children. One of whom died in 2002 after developing cancer. Trigby died in 2009 at the age of 58. So, like, how many people died before they were ever overturned? That's this guy just looks angry. It's just like... Albert. Albert. This looks like he's been in solitary. And he just ripped them out. And yeah, they're like, oh, sorry, we need to take your picture. Smile <laughs> for the picture, bitch. Yeah. Albert Skafpisson. Uh Settled down and has a stable family. He works with disadvantaged children. He has never talked publicly about the case since his. Oh, this is the teacher. Jorgon. Jorgon. He, again. Gormagon. Yeah, he he drove to Denmark and he married and started a family. He trained as a Lutheran minister and returned to Iceland. He recently retired. Congratulations. That is that you retired. So, like. Major miscarriage of justice. Died. Yeah. First dude died homeless on the streets of Denmark after he drove there. Ran out of gas money. Yeah. He was like, I don't know. I guess these people gave me weed before. Maybe I can go back. But man, what a fucked up. It just sounds like they were on a witch hunt. Yeah. And you've seen cases like this in America before. Not, not exactly like this, but where they don't have shit to go on. And they just freaking pin it on somebody. Of course, it can fetch it out of them. Yeah. 
And they, they could worse <clears throat> the confession out of six people here. Yeah. And w- whether they had something to do with the guy's disappearance, either one of them or not, you know, just, <laughs> I can't <clears throat> imagine. No. That's pretty insane. <clears throat> That's pretty insane. That's why I picked this one, because it was super crazy. There's lots to talk about. And I'm glad you did, because this was not being something that no. I would have I would have delved into. Yeah. But when I got into it, look, I... I figured it'd be something that you guys were interested in because it has to do with, like, in the 70s, like, kind of, like, prison system and... Why are you saying 70s? Uh, when I was alive in the 70s? <laughs> I mean, you were four when this happened. Oh. You were really interested. In what was they going they on. tried to get me to confess, but I said, "Put the fuck away." Yeah, he was like, "Uh, bitch, here's a crayon." <laughs> crayon, bitch. Listen, we'll give you this box of donuts if you just sign here. Oh, where do I sign? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> do you have the donuts with you? <laughs> Can I look at them? Can I have one now? Yeah. Can I taste one before the I maple sign? bacon? <laughs> Not in the seventies. Speaking of, I just uh, the store I saw. I almost got the maple bacon donuts. Nathan had a. I got him a bacon soda. It is the most disgusting thing. Bacon I've ever... soda donut? No. No, just bacon, bacon soda. Bacon soda soda. Bacon. B-A-C-O-N. Bacon. Soda. soda. Like Mountain Dew soda. Yes. Like pop. Like that kind of soda. Yeah, yeah pop. I got it from uh, this, this, like, this really cool candy store up in Pittsburgh. You said it was gross? It, it was... Nathan was very nice. Nathan said it was interesting. Yes, that's what I said, too. He said this will probably be the soda that sits in the refrigerator longer than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> you ever have a chocolate-covered bacon? Yeah, yes. it's good. It's actually, actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I also the, like, the, uh, the sweet and the salty go together. It's yeah. just, I like chocolate-covered potato chips, too. It's like mm-hmm. it's Way like a cheese way. Danish, dude. Oh, I love Who that. would think cheese and Danish would go together? Yeah, until you bite into one. cream cheese. Yeah, it's not like cream. It's a, it's a cheese with sugar. If you put cheddar on apples. Yeah. You know what? One of my friends made a pie for one of my other friend's birthdays. I think it was last year or the year before. You don't have that many friends. Pie. Okay, anyways. She made this apple pie. He was like, I will, like, she's like, what do you want? You know, like, what kind of dessert? He's like, I want apple pie. Like, he found this weird recipe that was apple pie with Cheetos, like a Cheeto crumble on top. What? And it was so good. <laughs> I was like, can I have another piece? I kind of like me some Cheetos. And I love Cheetos, so it was, like, perfect for me. I want to try it with Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Ollie with a shima. He's cold. He's a. He's always shaking. He's a robe. <laughs> little Muslim dog. No. He's a little Muslim. Hello, sir. Oh, <laughs> it's a baby. Don't walk off the table. Yeah. All right, so that is the Helsinki Confessions. Reykjavik. Oh, yeah, Reykjavik. Reykjavik, Iceland. Reykjavik. Reykjavik. Uh, Reiki Vic Confessions. Um, I, I know I learned something from researching this, and I hope our listeners learned something from listening. I was as to do not say you know somebody in the picture. Yeah, I don't know anybody in this picture. Miss, you're in this picture. I have no idea who these people are. This I don't even know brother. her. That's not. I have no idea who that is. They're going to help you remember. Run away. Yeah. If somebody tells me that they're going to help me remember, I'm going to be like, you can try, but there's a lot of brain trauma in here. <laughs> So say, like, Dad, I really want some ice cream. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that's that's a good one. That's a wrap. That is a good one. And uh, with that, go take on the world. Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. 
<laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who who are obviously mentally ill. Oh, this is gonna go downhill real quick. 